You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Zone, Padre after it. Padre against Trouba. Hockey's back, guys. So my Julie Tashari and Mike DeStefano with you this fine morning on Leafs Lunch. We still have to wait a couple more days for Leafs content, A.B. Uh, Outdoor practice also this morning was announced for for Saturday, Sunday this weekend in terms of Leafs news. But hockey came back last night and came back with a bang. Everybody knows, like, you get a little rest and you come back rejuvenated. Uh, looking a little bit more lively, and that that was the case around the entire National Hockey League last night. Just like really good yeah. games all around the schedule. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Numb was better than that game that was in in New York last Holy night. Like man. MSG, that was a playoff like game and had a little bit of everything. Big thunderous hits, like Jacob Truba doing his thing, and we can get into that in, in in a second tier. But like hits, fights, goals, controversy, it literally had everything you could possibly want in a hockey game. Those people at MSG, like I'm super jealous that they were treated to an incredible hockey game between the Rangers and the Flames, like two really good teams. Like I'm sitting there thinking last night, I'm like, man, like yeah, it'd be cool to see the Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup final, but I could go seven games of this. Like if we had a Flames Rangers Cup final, seven games of that. That would be highly entertaining hockey. Yeah. And there's animosity between these two teams after what we saw last night, guaranteed. Clearly, and they don't play one another no. very much, which is which is odd. But yeah, the, the fireworks were alive last night. Kadri was in the middle of it. Jacob Truba, probably the star of the night. Uh, and, and this is kind of the narrative that exists around this guy. Like, he just... He puts people on the tracks. And so, he... is it an unpopular opinion to say that I love the way that Jacob Truba plays? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I just like there's there's. I feel like he's one of those players where people get upset at people well, exactly. getting hurt. You, you and got that... the online crew that goes out there and thinks that he's dirty and he lays his hits and and you know he's injuring players and whatnot. But at the end of the day, uh, a lot of the hits that he lays are are pretty fair and just and hard. Just hard hits. Like he just happens to put more oomph behind his hits, but they're. Through the chest, like shoulder to the chest, like they're completely clean. Yeah, most of the time, they're just real hard. Um, yeah, there was lots going on. There, there was lots of discourse about that hit and Jacob Truba last night. And the other thing that I find funny about Jacob Truba is is that off the ice, he seems like one of the more wholesome humans mm-hmm. in in the National Hockey League. Emily Kaplan did a great feature at the beginning of the year. His wife's a a doctor in New York yeah. and they did the whole long distance thing and he he requested the trade to the states. He just seems like a wholesome dude with it with his nice stories. He's always smiling off the ice and then he gets on the ice and just just murders guys. So many takes online last night AB about um, and I agree with this. It's it's a totally valid thing. Like guys should not have to fight after a big clean hit, right? So Fair la- enough. Well, so last night, du- uh, yeah, Dubé gets hit in the first period by Jacob Truba, right? Chris Tanev comes to his defense and he fights. Poor Chris Tanev, like what? His Returned first from game injury. back from injury, and he drops the mitts. But at least Chris Tanev's like somewhat of a worthy opponent yeah. for Jacob Truba. But then later in the game, 
Jacob Truba lays out Nazem Kadri, pops the helmet off. One of the biggest hits that I've seen in forever. Like, honestly, yeah. this guy's like a modern-day Scott Stevens in a way, where he just is just out here, like, taking names and just, like you said, murdering guys on the <laughs> ice. But in a clean way. Yeah. In a clean way. But then... Dylan Dubé decides, all right, I, I got I to get my piece here, and then goes and tries to drop the mitts. Maybe not the smartest idea. He's not a very big guy, yeah. Dylan Dubé is. But I still like the fact that he did that, right? Like, Stand showed up for a your teammates. Bit, uh, his, himself and his teammates. Yeah. Right? It's like, look, we're not going to get pushed around here. Like, I wish the Maple Leafs did stuff. Like, I mean, that, that'd be the, the equivalency of, of Michael Bunting going and, and beating the crap out of, oh, let's say, like, in that game against Boston, like, if Charlie McAvoy hit... Marner, and then you see Michael Bunting go and, and fight McAvoy. Yeah. Probably not the smartest thing to do, but it's nice to, to see you stick up, up for each other. Know that you're not going to be able to run around and not have to answer to it. That, yeah. That's all it is. Like You don't have to beat him up, but just know that if you do something on the ice like that, if, if you take down one of the teammates, you're going to have to answer to it. Anyways, uh, this last night it was, why do guys have to fight after a clean hit? Why do guys have to have to fight after a clean hit? I don't, it sucks that it happens, A.B., and maybe it doesn't always have to be a fight, but I think that we might have lost touch with the fact that hockey happens really fast. Yeah. And I think it's a theme in a lot of things when people get so fired up online about little little things and the minutia that happened on the ice. Trevor Zegers thing last week was a, was a good example of it. Like, Hockey happens fast, it's emotional, it's in the moment, and you know what it doesn't have on the ice is video replay. Like, <laughs> like Dubé's not looking at the iPad saying, hold on, hold on, did you take three steps there? Was it a charge? The helmet popped off. Was, was it a headshot? Head? Like, right. he didn't see any of that. He saw Nazem Kadri on the ice with his helmet off, and he stepped in for his teammate. So... Yeah, you probably shouldn't. You, Truba shouldn't have to answer to clean hits. He probably shouldn't have to fight after clean hits. However, we in Leafs Nation can't sit here begging when when Timothy Lilligren gets buried from behind by Keandre Miller. Like we can't beg for a response and then say eh, you shouldn't have to fight after hits. I guess that wasn't a clean hit from from Miller that time. That's up for debate. You know what I mean? It just, oh, it, just it happens fast out there. It's not like yeah, that's a clean one. I'll let it go this time. Yeah, no, like I I, I agree with you to a point. I suppose. Um, like I, I think Gerard Gallant. Do we have that that audio here? Because I think Gerard Gallant touched on it yesterday. Is seeing his teammate, his his player, having to fight not once but twice in that game yeah. for two hits that even Daryl Sutter, the head coach of the Calgary Flames, came out and said, no, they were nice hits, they were clean hits. Oh, that's Yet, shocking. Still, Just kidding, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. That guy loves throwback hockey. He's sitting there thinking, oh, I wish I had a Jacob Truba. Like, he's that's what begging. he's thinking last night. Absolutely yeah. he is. But this is what Gerard Gallant had to say about witnessing his guy, his captain, right? The captain of the New York Rangers forced to, to fight after laying a couple of clean hits last night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame you have to do that every time you throw a hit. But, I mean, you know, the for me, the first hit was a good, clean hockey hit, and it wasn't a dangerous hit, and, you know, you wouldn't think there'd be a retaliation for that, but there wasn't, and that's fine. But the second one, I mean, he hit Kadri pretty hard, and it was a, you know, looked like Kadri might have got hurt. And I understand guys standing up for their teammates, it's all the time, but I just think sometimes it gets a little overreaction sometimes, and, you know. I mean, Trube is a big hitter, and people know that, but the first one, I thought, uh, was a little overreaction for me. 
Right. So, I mean, like, it, the the hit on Truba, or the Truba's hit, rather, on Dubé, didn't like they had to stand up for that one, but says, eh, okay, you can look at the Kaju one. Maybe it looked like... The one that actually looked the the worst out of all the plays was the one Sammy Blay hit Milan Lucic. That one looked like it may have been a little dirty. It looked like it could have been east-west. Upon right. review, again... You don't have review on the ice to your point, so you don't really know that. But upon review, you realize, oh, actually, you hit him through the chest. He was just, it just hit him in a way where it spun him, and it looked as if maybe he clipped him in the head or got, it was like an east west move. That was the, that, of all the three hits last night that, that were laid, that one actually looked the worst. Yeah. And again, that did create a, a kerfuffle. If you want to call it that, uh, on it the ice. It was kerfuffling. I mean, there was like, I think everybody pretty much had someone, someone grabbed. A dance like, partner. If you were on the ice, you grab somebody, right? Yeah. Like that. That's basically what happened last night. And just like it, it, it we don't see that all the time in, in hockey these days. No. But how entertaining was that game last night? It's unbelievable. There was so much. Did it make you kind of think like? Uh, there's a lot of hockey every season. We hear every single year how guys get banged up down the stretch, and, and the quality of games probably starts to suffer as a result of that. Amazing what happens after a couple days off, eh? Where you well, like, oh, lighter yeah. schedule might not be the worst thing in the world, even though I know it's not totally feasible, even though I know the NHL likes, well, they make money off their 82 games a season. Like, it, it did, to me, kind of jump off the page how good all those games were last night. Yeah, like even the, the, the game in Vancouver. Unreal. Very entertaining hockey game. Unreal. The, the, uh, the Hughes Brothers Bowl, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like, that was a great game. Vancouver ended up down 4-1, rallied, took it to overtime. There was a, a great play between the Hughes Brothers in overtime where Quinn had to backtrack and, you know, backtrack and, and take away a scoring opportunity. There was chances. There was some missed calls. There was some power play. Like, that was a very entertaining game as well. Yeah. Like, and, and even like, the Florida game. Florida oh just my gosh. pumps Tampa Bay. What was that? Play. I was not expecting that. I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, who expects Vasilevsky to let in seven goals? Not I. Nobody. Yeah. Not I. But, um, like, it was just a great hockey game. And, pfft. Makachuk. So I think he was what first star technically of the, of the weekend. For some reason, NHL decided to put out their three stars yesterday. I think Marner got second star, and Kachuk, who was the All Star MVP, got the first star. Boy, did he continue on <laughs> from what he was doing at the All Star break. Five point night for Makachuk. Julia, I think it's time we start to talk about this guy being in the MVP race. Yeah, and I think it's like you could have ended your sentence there after I think it's time we start talking about this guy because it feels like he, weirdly enough, after such a good season last year, after, uh, it's not weirdly enough because the the answer's kind of in front of us. His season is kind of flying under the radar as a result of how underwhelming the Florida Panthers have been all year long. Him having a good season is just being overshadowed by the fact that Florida kind of has looked like a shell of themselves. So Florida, like the, the reason why I think that he deserves to be in the MVP conversation right now, yeah. which I looked on FanDuel, he's 100 to 1. Cute, odds. cute odds. 100 to 1. It's insane. Go place a wager right now. Guarantee you the odds are going to dip pretty soon here. Like he's fifth in scoring in the National Hockey League. And I look at this almost in a way like remember when Taylor Hall won the MVP a few years ago where he just carried this team? Yeah. Like, you look at the Florida Panthers' stats this year, right? You've got Matt Kachuk up at the tippy top, 71 points. Duh. Next guy, 47. 
Like, that's how That is most valuable. Just the way the heart is defined. The MVP is defined in the National Hockey League. Like, that is the player that is very, I'm not going to go and say most right now, but very valuable to his team. 100%. Like, this is a team that is teetering on a playoff spot right now. On the brink. Teetering on it. And if it wasn't for Mackin, like, if he can get them into the playoffs, like, last night they played great. Yeah. Like, they were all over Tampa Bay, and, and they crushed them 7-1. If they can take take off here in the second half, and he be that catalyst for the Florida Panthers, I mean, I think he definitely has to be in this conversation right now. Yeah, and it's Race interesting insane. that you haven't heard his name bouncing around at all. Not at all. But, but like I said, Florida just really underwhelming first third are we at a third mark yet of the season something to that effect and and i don't know it's just no we're past the third oh we're, we're past, past that we're, past, we're probably what like 60 percent through the season yeah like 65 percent through I'm the season i'm thinking like the opposite of a third Two right thirds. now there we go yeah. two-thirds is what i was looking yeah. for um yeah matthew kachuk should should get I, some do love you, so do you think they go on a little bit of a heater now or what do you think happens here the panthers oh we'll see what their schedule is looking like uh down the stretch here because like like do you think they squeak in I, your hot take at the beginning of the season was that they, they don't the that, that they missed the playoffs and, and so far i mean so far so i mean at the end of the day so it's far come so down, good it's gonna come down to goaltending right like it, it really does come down to like bobrovsky was great last night only allowed one goal there haven't been many games where that guy's not allowing one goal, though. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it feels like maybe if, if the Florida Panthers are going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win a lot of hockey games, 5-4, 6-4, similar to, like, the Maple Leafs a few years ago, where it's, like, didn't really have good defense, right. didn't had very inconsistent goaltending, but they got a lot of offense, right? Like, that's what we had out of the Maple Leafs two, three years ago. It was, they're either going to win a game 6-4 or they're going to lose. Like yeah. they, they, they've got to score more than three or four goals because you know that your defense and goaltending is going to give that up. So, I, look, it's going to be tough just because if you're looking at it right now, I think they're on the outside looking in. You've got Washington and Pittsburgh who are ahead of them. Do you expect one of those teams to fall out? Perhaps. But they've also got Buffalo who's chasing. And I think Buffalo's a pretty good yeah. team. If they can make an addition at the deadline, that's going to be a difficult uh, team to, to keep up with. Um, the Islanders, who won the I was just going to say, Bo Horvat debut. What do right? you think? Well, I mean, I don't think he did a, a whole lot last night. They, they won the game, I suppose. That's, so that's, a win. that's a good. Win is he a didn't win score. Is a win. And I, I don't anticipate this, the numbers to stay as high as they were when he was in Vancouver. A lot of that coming on the power play. His, his shooting percentage is really high. And the Islanders have a terrible power play. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't expect for their, those numbers to continue. But still, I mean, they could win a bunch of games down the stretch. Like him and Matt Barzell look all right, look like they were starting to build some chemistry and it'll yeah. only grow from here on out. It seems like they're playing better hockey, less leaky hockey than they were earlier in the year, and they have a really good goaltender. And, and I mean, this league sometimes can be called goalie because if you got a guy like Soroka, he can steal the games. I mean, the Islanders are going to be in every game. Yeah. Whether or not they win those ones, and Bo Horvat's supposed to change that by scoring more goals and they can win games 2-1, 3-2, as opposed to losing 2-1, nothing like they've done a lot this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a chance. Like, absolutely they do. Like, there's probably only maybe five teams left, I think, that are battling for two spots in, in the wild card. Like, there's five teams. There's a couple on the outside. And outside of that, everyone should be sellers at the deadline. Yeah. So I think Florida's in there. Obviously, you got Pitt, Washington. You've got Detroit, or not Detroit, Buffalo. I think those are kind of the teams. The Islanders also. Yeah. The teams that are fighting for, like, those last two spots that aren't currently locked into a, a divisional spot. Right. So, you know, there's 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 a race, I suppose, for these wild card spots. So it's funny. We, we complain about 
they're not being erased, but there is. There it's is. Just lower in, yeah. the, in the system here. Always the case. Always the case. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got to fly. We got Darren Dreger coming up in about five minutes. So we can, uh, well, we can tee up a whole bunch of stuff with Dregs. There's lots going on in the hockey world. It returned last night with uh, with a bang. And we'll see if the, the, uh, the trade market... Now that the All-Star game is over, Something. see if that's starting to heat up. So he'll join us. We'll also be joined by Scott Wheeler at 105. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia to share. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Bad news has Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafbusters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leafbusters.com. Welcome back into Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tashari and Mike DiStefano with you. We're going to be joined by our TSN hockey insider, Darren Dreger, in just a minute now. And, and Dreg's kind of on a cross-country es- expedition. Well, he was up in your neck of the woods last week, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. On, on a little bit of a tour. Um, let's bring him in right now, our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger. Dregs, a bit of a cross-country tour happening right now, some ice fishing, a, a stop in Thunder Bay. Just just update us on the Dregs' life experience right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you nailed it. Um, took advantage of the All-Star break. I know it's a busy time with trade speculation and all of that. Uh, but went to visit my daughter, Katie, who's in law school at Lakehead in Thunder Bay, and um, also participating in a musical Oh. Something rotten is what it's called. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the theater. Paramount? Or, or, I saw it on your Twitter. Don't worry. I was creeping oh, your legs. There you go. Yeah, see, I knew you would know that, Julie. <laughs> so, I mean, by the way, uh, I've been to many of these uh, productions over the years. My daughter has that sort of theatrical flair, if you will. This one was right near the top for me. It was fantastic. So, uh, I stopped in. Uh, caught the show on Friday night and then uh, flew from Thunder Bay to Winnipeg and then drove to uh, our cabin here on Lake of the Prairies. So went ice fishing yesterday, which I know you're familiar with, Julia, of course. You know, growing up in Thunder Bay, you have to go ice fishing. Steph was very disturbed Um, when we were describing ice fishing to her. Very disturbed. Well, I'll I'll send her pictures. So my my nephew has a shack right outside our place like nice. literally I'm, I'm looking out the window at it right now but it's you know again uh, they deck these things out now it's it's borderline ridiculous oh, it's like when a resort. I up, well when i grew up it was like a teeny little shack yeah. with a wood stove and that was it like a plywood floor you cut the hole you slid the shack over the hole and that's about as high tech as it got now we're sitting there and the fish you know, they weren't jumping at the bait here. Um, so it was a bit slow. But next thing I know, they're dropping a camera in one of the holes into the water. Cool. And so, and they've got like a, like a 40-inch TV screen in there. So, you know, you're either watching sports or, in this case, you're watching the fish swim by your hook. So, uh, I mean, it's new age. But, yeah, we spent the better part of <laughs> yeah. three, four hours out there yesterday and caught one fish one oh, little oh, many beers yeah. though hopefully it's always i find fish finders almost worse because it's like now yeah. i can see the fish but well, now yeah. i know that they're not taking my line yeah, so it's, it's almost like, more hurtful what's wrong, with me? what's wrong with me that's what you're thinking there yeah uh, so uh in conversation with darren Drager at tsn 
Hockey Insider. Um, well, we're about, what, three weeks away from the trade deadline. It'll be three weeks this Friday. Uh, are we getting close to some triggers being pulled here on some deals, Dregs? Is uh, things starting to heat up? Yeah, I would say things are starting to heat up, Mike. But that's, that's just kind of historical, right? You mm-hmm. come out of the All-Star break. Trade deadline's looming. We've had one big deal between the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Islanders, Horvat. And so teams, at least in the East, are getting a little twitchy. You know, the Islanders aren't that far removed from a playoff spot. You know, they're clearly in a battle uh, with likes of of uh, Florida and, and uh, Washington and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to get dicey. So I think there are definitely teams in the East that have increased their level of interest on certain players, but it's the usual suspects. It's Barbashev, who's a hot commodity for the St. Louis Blues. Um, obviously, Ryan O'Reilly, who's still hurt. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised by this. I'm not sure why. There's a fair bit of activity around Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, I, I thought, in order, it would have been O'Reilly, Barbashev, Tarasenko, just because Tarasenko, for me, is, is more of a pure rental option, right? Mm. You know what you're getting. Um, you know, he's going to provide some offense, give that team in the playoffs a little bit extra push. But, you know, given the history of Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, there might be a little bit of, of, of buyer's remorse, if you will, or trying to extend him to a longer term. I don't know. But I, I do know, according to sources, that there's a lot of activity around him and uh, Barbashev, and maybe it'll increase on Ryan O'Reilly as we get closer to the trade deadline and he gets closer to coming back healthy. So you, you named a, a couple of teams. You mentioned that there's some, some teams in the East that are getting a little antsy, and, and I'm curious, Dregs, like of the teams, you know, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders, Buffalo, and, and I think Florida has himself back into this too. Like they're not really going anywhere, I don't think. They're in the thick of things. Of those teams who are all battling for those two wild card spots, like is there one that you expect to maybe be a little more aggressive than the others, as, as like a response to what Lou and the Islanders did bringing in Bo Horvat? No, I, you know, and, and I say no, and then I'm thinking, well, I'm gonna say no, and then watch, you know, Florida's gonna make a move, <laughs> or uh, I, but Florida and Buffalo for me are, are in a little different situation. You know, it almost feels like a bit of a reset for the Florida Panthers this year. Now, don't get me wrong. They're going to scratch and claw. Again, no pun intended. Florida Panthers get nice, it. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, to, to try and lock down a playoff spot. I mean, you don't go from winning the President's Trophy to being an outcast here. So there, it's not going to be through lack of effort. But from a cap standpoint, I think Billy Zito is, is looking at reality and how problematic it is going to be for his team in the future. So, um, you know, could they add something on the back end? Yeah, they absolutely. Buffalo, uh, again, different in that Kevin Adams, the GM of the Sabres, is just analyzing what he has internally. Um, the media of Lake Timo Meyer to the Buffalo Sabres, um, I know that Adams uh, made an inquiry. I don't think it went beyond that uh, because – Again, the Sabres need to find out what they have in their young developing forwards. Uh, I look at the New Jersey Devils as being a, a main player with Timo Meyer as an example. So I, I think you have to look on the group of teams that are fighting to get into the playoff mix and maybe look at some of the more established teams, right? Like the New Jersey Devils. What is Toronto going to end up being able to do? It seems unlikely that the Boston Bruins uh, are going to add too much. Why would you... You know, mess around with chemistry there, given the year that they're having. 
Um, what about Tampa Bay? I mean, Julian Breesball always finds a way to add an interesting piece at or around the trade deadline. So it, it could be the established teams that are just going to, to try to bolster their chances of contending for a Stanley Cup to get more active than some of the teams on the outside looking in. We're with Darren Drager right now, and Drag's the... Jacob Chikrin has been on your radar forever. He, he's been on our trade bait board for many, many moons, and, and no movement yeah. there over the weekend. But it was like uh, many so, years. Yeah, many, many years, <laughs> many moons. Uh, so no, no movement there this weekend. However, there was some serious social media conspiracy theories <laughs> flying around with Jacob Chicken removing Arizona from, from his Twitter and his Instagram. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to ask you if you've been creeping him on Instagram, but have you heard anything update-wise there out of Arizona and Chicken? No, not really. Um, status quo is the feedback that, that I get consistently, and uh, that includes checking in yesterday with you know, a source very close to Jake Chicken because it you know, picked the market. Um, you know, some in Toronto think that he'd be a good ad. Yeah, of course he would be. Um, I'm okay with Toronto's blue line. Now that TJ Brody is back, uh, I think that they're fine. I don't think that you blow assets that are going to be required on to, to obtain Jake Chickering if you're a team like the Leafs and your more pressing need is a need up front on the wing, right? Um, so what is the asking price for a Barbashev or you know, uh, a piece that is going to make Toronto stronger in their top six. That's the investment I think Kyle Dubas is looking to make and willing to, to roll the dice on a pretty good blue line. Did um, Edmonton radio yesterday, and the talk there was, uh, well, could Jake Chickren be a fit with the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, of course he could. But, you know, again, there's sticker shock. You know, if... If it were that simple that Ken Holland or any interested general manager throw Rob Lake or the L.A. Kings into the mix because we know the interest from L.A. standpoint has been consistent in Chickering, if it was just simply, okay, well, I've waited long enough, I guess I'm just going to have to choke on the ask and make it happen, it would have happened by now. It, it would have happened by now. So we're going to continue to watch. Here's hoping now that we've got to this point that Chickering remains on the trade bait graphic on TSN on March 3rd, because that will give us all <laughs> kinds of fodder to, uh, to carry us through at least a good portion of the day until it becomes clear he is being traded or he's not being traded. And as we have this conversation, I'm not certain of either. Well, another guy who's uh, we anticipate to, I guess, be hanging around till uh, March 3rd is, is Patrick Kane. There was a report yesterday from Mark Lazarus um, with the Blackhawks talking about how Kane and Brisson spoke over the weekend, try and figure out what they want to do, and said it's more likely that we won't see anything until as close to the March 3rd date uh, as as possible. But like, what what's the process here, Dregs? Like, what happens? in those conversations with the player and the agent? Is this trying yeah. to figure out, like, a short list? Do you know who might be on one of those? Like, what's what's that process there? We got you, Dregs? Yeah. Oh, we might be. We might be getting them. We're in uh, the Manitoba yeah, Wilderness right Manitoba now. Manitoba Wilderness. We'll see if we can get them, uh, get them back and, and cleared, Nick. Let, let me know. Um, but, yeah, like, Patrick Kane... Came out and said, "Yeah, we're we're speaking speaking with. Oh, do we got him now? We got you, Drakes? Yes, I'm here. You there guys you got go. me? Oh, perfect. Yeah. We got you here. We're just asking the the. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Look, I mean, as we've talked about before, um, you know, Kane and and uh, Dave would have had that conversation, as has been reported, with Pat Brisson, and the list for both those men would be whatever 
Is it two? Is it more than two teams? Uh, for me, the, the bigger question for Patrick Kane is health-related. We know that he missed a good chunk of time with a hip problem. Um, has that problem been treated to a point where he's okay finishing the season? We don't officially know that. He looks okay, but there are some around the league who watch him closer than maybe we do and go, yeah, you know what, he's, he's not quite right. He's, he's not what he once was. So there are some factors here, and I think that's why, you know, above all else, this deal may not go down until closer to March 3rd. But I, I wonder also about Jonathan Page. And, you know, players often don't love going to a new team right at the deadline. They like going sooner than that so that they can get themselves established. Um, you know, if they're young dads, they want to get their, their family set up and, and all of those things. So, again, this March is going to be pushed by Kane and Taves and less by Kyle Davidson, the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, or by the agent Papersong. So, number one, you decide, yeah, I want to be traded. Number two, where do you want to go? Number three, is there an extension option so that you can avoid the nonsense of unrestricted free agency in the summer? Mm. Interesting. Everybody kind of waits patiently to see what happens in Chicago with those two guys, uh, with Darren Dreger right now. One interesting thing that I found from the All-Star Weekend, Dregs, was the fact that a couple of really big-name players were talking about potential rule changes in the NHL. Uh, McDavid and Crosby talking about getting rid of the shootout. I saw Craig Button was talking about it on SportsCenter yesterday as well. Uh, potential playoff format changes. Do you think that those big yeah. names speaking out at All-Star will potentially inspire an internal conversation? Yes, uh, but what it does is it, it pushes the conversation beyond media speak. Right. right. You know, when Sidney Crosby says something, the world pays attention. Right. You know, he doesn't often dive in with strong opinion. Um, been around the, the National Hockey League for many, many years. Uh, and again, he, he doesn't provide outlandish opinion. Uh, so, when, when he says something like this, you know, favoring the one versus eight scenario in a playoff matrix, well, that's going to get the attention of everybody, not just media. Um, and I thought that the commissioner's office handled it pretty well. What was most interesting in the availability and the response from Batman was Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly acknowledging that two years ago they had a general manager vote and two-thirds of the general managers said that they preferred the existing playoff format. Um, and I think that that gets lost on some people. Everybody assumes that Bettman sits in his office in Manhattan and rules with an iron fist. We're doing this. We're not doing that. Well, that's not really how it goes down. And I've always said this about rule changes or anything that is, you know kind of inspires debate. Well, look, if you feel that strongly about it, then it's up to the general managers to make those changes and alterations. So. Um, we've got general managers meetings in Florida next month after the trade deadline. This will be a primary talk, uh, talking point, and it's going to be interesting to see if there's a, refre- a refreshed vote. But I can assure you that guys like me are going to be pushing as many general managers as we can to see what their view is. The NHL has, has always done, I think, a reasonable job of embracing change. You know, you you look at, at, at all of the, the changes that were applied to the game coming out of 2005 and, you know, the, the shootout and, and all of those things. Well, 
you know, it's not as simple as to say, well, let's not fix something that isn't broken. You know, I, I think that decision makers of the NHL have a responsibility to embrace, fully embrace entertainment value. And when you look at a 32-team league, 16 teams making it, and as many upsets as get round one of the playoffs, why wouldn't you consider a better option? It's I think we lost him. We lost him. He was just, just hanging on there, just hanging on by a thread in the last couple of sentences there, which sucks because I had a, 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 a follow-up that I wanted to get in there, but... What were you going to ask? Well, ask me. <laughs> I could ask you. Well, that was Darren. Jordan. We could chew. We could chew the fat here. We could chew the fat. You what know, are you thinking about? Well, just when we're looking at, at at the playoffs and we're looking at at what's going on in the league right now, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I, I think the the one versus eight format. I think that's clearly something that we want to see get changed, right? Like, I, I don't think that that's nothing, but. I was listening to Overdrive yesterday, mm-hmm. and Jeff O'Neill was talking about how there was a player summit ahead of that 05. Like, Drex was talking about the 05-06 lockout coming out of there where there was instrumental changes. I mean, let's let's have something like that again now, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I think the notion that if it ain't broke, don't fix it is actually a pretty bad way to look at something. Because if there's, like, if it's not broken, but it could be enhanced. Right. Like, like if, if you're staying stagnant, you're kind of falling behind, if you ask me, and what's going on with all the other sports, because they're enhancing their game. The playoffs have been enhanced when it comes to baseball by adding an extra wild card team. You're talking about this play-in tournament that they added in the NBA. Like, they're making changes. They're enhancing yeah. things. The NFL added another wild card. The, literally, the NHL is the only team that isn't adding changing up their playoff format. Yeah. It's the only team of the four sport. Now you could say, well, there's already 16 teams, whereas the NFL, they only had 12, and Major League Baseball had like five teams making the playoffs. So, you know, it's a little bit different. But still, it, it just goes to show that they're dinosaurs up there, and they're just not making change for anything, and they're just kind of staying status quo and, to me, kind of falling behind to the other four sports. And if you want to go and you want to look at that report that came out last week about the, the ratings dropping, I know it's probably not as staggering as um, you know the number show. Just because We talked about it last week because of the way that they formulate these, these numbers nowadays. illegally. Right, but like, still, I, I still think that there's a way to enhance the game to make it better. Doesn't mean that it's broken right now. No, I agree. But there's ways to make it better. And by doing stuff like this, maybe makes it a little bit better and a little bit more uh, watchable, enjoyable for yeah. the Fairweather fan. Like, you and I are going to watch it regardless. Like, we, we could sit here and complain about it, but we're going to watch it. But you got Fairweather fans right now totally. who are checked out until April. Yeah. Totally checked out until April because they already know. Who cares? Le- Leafs are making the playoffs, and Leafs are going to take on Boston, uh, Tampa. Yeah. We don't know where Game Seven's going to be played. Game One's going to be played. They're exciting. But we know it's going to be against Tampa. So yeah. they're like, I'll check back in on April. Like, why don't you want to have people checked in the entire time? I know. And honestly, AB, I said it at the beginning of the show, like the little break that the guys got from All-Star and came back with such an incredible schedule of games last night, a full slate of awesome games kind of spoke to that to well, me. This is, and that's, that's something, too. Where that They did actually change, right? Like yeah. There didn't used to be these bye weeks. No. They included the bye weeks. And what did we get? First night back, outstanding hockey. Outstanding hockey. So it wasn't broken that you know the guys came back and it was like sluggish, terrible hockey. They need a little nap. But they're like, hey, yeah. if these guys, they end up getting a little bit of a bye week, maybe it enhances the product a little bit. Look at that word, enhancement coming Yeah. Back. Like, 
th- this is what I mean. This is what bugs me about the NHL. I know. But the stance from Bill Daly and Gary Bettman has always been, uh, and I think this is true, and, and I know that hockey believes this is true, is that hockey is just the best game under the sun. The NHL has the most exciting product, just if you compare hockey to baseball to football, like the most exciting just raw product. And I think that's what... Bettman and Daly have always thought is enough. And they've kind of said as much. Like, well, so, we have the best game in the world here. And I agree with that. But yeah. I agree with you more in saying that. It could be better. You still have to try to enhance it. Like, yes. you still have to try. It could be better. There's, yes. like, always... I, it was funny. I was listening to, uh, to to Travis Kelsey's and his brother Jason Kelsey's podcast, New Heights, yesterday. And they had their his father on because they're both yeah. first set of brothers to, to compete. So it was funny. They had their mother and, and father on. It's like their interview. And the dad was like their coach growing up and whatnot. I guess he's a big part of their life. And he said the biggest room is the room for improvement. Like the biggest room in the house should be room for improvement. Yes. And, and I think if you look at the NHL as a house, that should be it. Room for improvement. Yeah. you got to be able to enhance things. Um, we actually have the audio from over the weekend what Gary Bettman and Bill Daly had to say, basically poo-pooing the idea of changing the playoff format. And, and this is why they believe that it's a bit too much of a, a hassle. It's not just as easy as, as, as we're saying it is. This is what they had to say. The debate of one versus eight, uh, then you've, it's not just that. You've got to also look at then changing the wild card, and you've got to start looking at the matchups in terms of how many times everybody's playing everybody else if you're having conference-based playoffs. So it's not as simple as saying I'd like one versus eight versus what we have. It involves a whole host of other issues that have to be addressed. And, and by the way, since uh, the last time we polled the general managers on this, which was only two years ago, two-thirds of them favored keeping the playoff system the way it is. Doesn't mean you don't revisit it, uh, talk about it again, but it, it, this is not some burning issue out there. Ugh. I hate uh, the tone sometimes, A.B. Like, why do you got to condescend? Why can't you just talk nice? Well, that's... that's Delivery, yeah, that's what tone is everything. I'll bet you also, they said two-thirds, I guarantee you, a, mo- a majority of those who were nay on that issue were probably from the West Coast, I would imagine. Right. Of the travel. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll give them that, the travel. But they say, well, we, we'd have to change the wild card format. What do you mean you're changing the wild card format? Yeah. How, what does that even mean? And think about how much movement there's been in GMs in the past Julia, two years. Do you know how many wild cards there were prior to making this change? I know. It doesn't five. make, yeah. There were five wild cards prior to making the change, and there was one V8. What are you changing to it? What are you talking about? Right. Like, whether you want to do the, you got the division, maybe you get the division winners one and two, right? They get the first and second seed, and then from there, all the remaining six teams in the conference, that's, that's how you shake it out, Right. Because before there were three divisions, so it was like one, two, three, and then four through through eight. Now it's there's only two divisions, so maybe you could do either the, the, the top two, potentially. I think the AHL does it that way, actually. I think the top two in each division are guaranteed home ice, and then right. from there, the rest of the teams are just in a pool, and whoever gets uh, whoever has the best record at the end of the season, the top four teams or whatever it is, they make the wild card. Yeah, you're card. right. That is how. But it's pretty that. simple. I yeah. mean, oh, we got to change the wild card format. What do you, just go back to the way it was. What do you mean? I know. That's what I mean about tone. Like when they, when that duo specifically comes out, talks because they're speaking on behalf of the league to their fans, to the people that pay the money to watch the games and buy the jerseys. They talk to them like they're idiots. Like literally, <laughs> it is so condescending. It's, yeah. Well, how could we do that? And AB just explained in about 34 seconds how it could be done. It's 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 
Go look at your notes from 2011. It's not a good look. Yeah, we know you were in charge. You've been in charge since anyone was in charge. <laughs> like, we know you got the notes. I, I, I hate that... Uh, that tone that's uh, we know way more than you do and yeah. and, no, and we, you shouldn't weigh in because we're in charge and we've always been in charge it's such an off-putting vibe if you will it is but um you know to to, to direct his point when guys like crosby guys like mcdavid yeah, speak out and they say something it's gonna hold weight and, and it takes it beyond just the media speak. Like, Gary Bettman does not care about my opinion. I don't think Gary Bettman cares about your opinion. No, or, clearly. Or, like, anyone's opinion. He makes it so known. Right. But Sidney Crosby, I think he's got he's yep. to listen to that. So maybe, maybe Crosby took one on, well, it's not that he took one on the chin, but he did, you know, service for everybody else and said, hey, yeah, there's an issue here just to get this thing tabled and maybe we could see a change at some point. Long after Crosby's gone, like he's only around for a couple more years, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, Bettman will be around way longer than Crosby in the game, probably. You think? Like, how much longer is this? I have no idea. This man's looking looking old right now. Like, I, he's still spry. I'll give him that. He was born in 1952. What's that make him? 80? 70? 70 years old. Yeah. 70 wow. years old. I mean, I guess there's a. Uh, president down south and how old is bill daly but is he 82 that guy um i think so something like that (laughs) that is funny um what wait what was i gonna say how old bill daly is yes uh 58 so that's a succession plan eh? he's the young chicken that's gonna go in there but here's the thing like is it's i'm curious if bill daly is gonna be that much different like he's been oh that's what i mean like it's gonna be the exact same it's gary v2 it's gary's little he created him that said i mean to take it back into like other sports analogies and we can even look right here in toronto right Technically, we, we had the same thought process, and I'm going past Leafs, but had the same thought process in the Raptors when Dwayne Casey was fired, and they, Nick Nurse, who was his assistant, yeah. promoted him. It's like, well, if he had the answers, why didn't he speak up, and why didn't he make the changes? That's How true. is he going to be the answer to bring you know new change to the organization? Well, I guess as an assistant, you don't really have final say, but when you are the big cheese, maybe you do have final say. So this is... However, he did definitely match the attitude in that clip. He did. And, (laughs) and, you know, again, this is just me hoping that. I know. Because we know know it's going to be Bill Daly. You're a little cup of sunshine. So I'm just hoping that maybe he. I like it. I like it. You know, can make some change here, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, But hopefully we do see some sort of of change because, you know, like I said. The biggest room in the house has got to be the room for improvement. I like that. I like it. It's a really good one. Uh, all right. We got Scott Wheeler still to join the show. Join us in the next hour. You had an interesting day yesterday. We're going to talk about that <laughs> on the other side. You took on some really good hockey players. And I'm really sorry. Baby. And I want to see how that went. <laughs> you got to tell me the most embarrassing part of your day. That's all I care about, to be honest. Okay. Well, how did you get embarrassed? We'll find that out on the other side. We're also... Uh, Stay tuned, because we are giving away uh, some tickets or a chance to qualify to win some tickets. The pro line between the benches seats are back. Keep listening for your chance to qualify for those tickets. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashari. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leaf Lunch brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. And Dylan Cousins, AB. 
has got that money. Oh, he got the bag today. Wow. Dylan Cousins coming out. Uh, he signed an extension with the Buffalo Sabres. Seven years, $7.1 million AAV. Man, like everybody, Buffalo has got some little recipe figured out in terms of figuring out the perfect time to sign guys. And, and maybe it's just recency bias in my head with how well... Uh, that worked out with Tage Thompson after we all kind of went, what the heck is that deal <laughs> ahead of the season? I, I can't look at this one and say, like, this this could turn into be such a sweetheart when he's a little older. Man, I mean, it, it totally could. Like, I, I like what Dylan Cousins is all about, and it's not because I just... He's on, I don't know why, but I feel like you t- he's on AB's guy list, I think. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's on my guy list, and, and I have multiple rookie cards of his. I yeah, he's your guy. I just got a, a rookie auto of his, so maybe this means the value of that card will go up, so I'll keep talking about him for ah. that reason. But, uh, no, like, legitimately, he's he's a really good player. Like, I, I like Dylan Cousins a lot. Like, this year, he's almost a point-per-game player. He's got 43 points in 49 games and he's only 21 years old but he's just a big body uh right shot centerman and you know i think he could legitimately grow into being a perfect one-two duo with him and tage thompson like i love what they're growing in buffalo like i i hate saying that like lee fans clearly that's that sucks for them Uh (laughs) like but i think that they're really building something good kevin adams there's a lot of credit like to your point, last year they signed Tage Thompson this past summer to a really big extension after a career year, which could have been looked at as an anomaly, right? Yep. It was a season in which goal scoring was higher than it had been in like 15 years, and he had 38 tucks last year, and they said, you know what, we think this is something he can replicate. They signed him to a long-term deal at $7.1 million. And boy, does that look like an absolute... That yeah. deal doesn't even kick in until next year. Tage Thompson making $1.4 million this it's season. Insane. It's like, that's, insane. That's the biggest bargain in the NHL, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but Tage Thompson, that worked. And this is, in a way, you know, a, another, another where, way where Kevin Adams is calling his shot. Uh-huh. Saying, like, hey, you guys kind of clowned on me when I signed Matias Samuelson earlier this offseason. Well, I guess Tage Thompson was the first one. Mm-hmm. It worked out. Matias Samuelson. Lots of people hated that deal earlier this offseason because he hadn't scored a goal in the NHL and then got written a tick. I think he had like 73 games played in the NHL. Yeah. And he signed like a long-term deal. What did he sign for? I think he also signed for like five, six years. Uh, eight years, I think, actually. Um, for $4.2 million. And people were like, this guy hadn't scored a goal in the NHL. What are you, what are you doing? This guy's going to... like He's a bona fide top four physical defensive defenseman. Like This guy is... He would be, honestly, a perfect player that the Maple Leafs could use right now. And at $4.25 million, like it's a perfect perfect deal. And now they're rolling the dice and saying, we think that Dylan Cousins could also be that type of player. We'll sign him to a $7.1 million contract. I really like what they're building out in Buffalo. They're, they're, they're going to be a good team. I think yeah. they're competitive now. I think they could. They've got a lot of good prospects too. Like they had three first round picks this past draft. Uh, some really good, yeah, energy in that. Start fan turning base that into right NHL now. players. Like Dregs talked about how Kevin Adams has poked in on Timo Meyer. Go get Timo Meyer. You've got some prospects. Yeah, like, you've yeah. got a lot of stuff here. Go get a goalie potentially. Like if Thatcher Demko is their available, goalie, their goalie pipeline is kind of. Right now, yeah, but if you it? could get a Thatcher Demko and use one of those guys, like goalies are always voodoo, right? So You're if right. you could turn one of your goalie prospects into a guy who you know can come, you know, play in the NHL and is an all-star in the NHL level, like a Thatcher Demko, pff, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, push your chips in. You're, you're doing well. You've got a lot of talent on this squad. 
Um, and they're a team that's you know battling right now for a wild card spot. Wouldn't be shocked to see him kind of limp in there. Like they they can definitely definitely compete here with. Uh, I would love to see Buffalo in the playoffs, and and I don't even know. I when that came out of my mouth, I was talking about the city and the arena. I would love to see that city, that that barn get rocking for a postseason game. Yeah, like Buffalo's a sports town. It's gritty. Like I grew Definitely. up, I grew up right there. Like I, they're a very gritty spot, and they love their sports. When the Sabers are rocking, boy, do they ever! Like that Rasmus Dahlin letter that he wrote oh a week electric. Or two ago, it was it was fantastic. Just goes to show how much that team is beloved and loved when they're winning because he realized that when those guys came back for Ryan Miller's um, jersey thing. Like, that's where he realized, wow, if this team wins, they show up, that that city. You look at what's going on with the Bills. They win, they show up. Um, maybe we can get into this a little bit more with uh, with Wheeler, who's going to join us on the other side, Scott Wheeler. Uh, I still got to get the Peterborough story, so we'll do that on the other side as well. The second hour of Leafs Lunch coming up next.